Hey, podcast fans, I've got to talk to you about drinking water. As an archaeologist, I've been on surveys where we had to drink three to five liters of water every day. That's 1.3 gallons, just to basically not die. Sometimes that water just doesn't hydrate you as quickly as you're using it. That's why we've partnered with Liquid IV. The small packets make it easy to take one with you to work, to work out, or on any adventure. I like the strawberry lemonade and lemon lime ones the best. Just put one stick of Liquid IV into 16 ounces of water and get hydrated two times faster than with just water alone. And now with our partnership, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code TAS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code TAS at liquidiv.com. We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeology Show, episode 101. I'm recording this intro on the windswept plains of northeastern Nevada because that's where this episode was recorded. I sit down with the Dig Tech crew of myself, Richie Cruz, and Rachel Roden outside our RV at the Wild Horse RV Park north of Elko, Nevada. Let's dig a little deeper. All right, so... I we are doing we were normally going to do a live stream which you guys yeah. have heard on this with Richie Cruz yeah. and the you call this, this archaeology episode ninety nine. Is it ninety nine? Really it's close. And the, the archaeology I can't show you guys is have done it that much. The archaeology yeah. show is over a hundred, <laughs> so we're at like one hundred two, one hundred three, something <laughs> like that. I don't know what number this is. Yeah. But so Richie's on a on a project with uh, with my company Dig Tech out here, yeah. and we also have uh, co-host of <laughs> temporary, sometime co-host of the archaeology show, and yeah. co-host of the historical yarns podcast, yeah. and my wife and mm-hmm. a crew member on Dig Tech LLC. <laughs> and I also do some editing for your podcast. And yeah. somewhat like editor Padawan <laughs> in training. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Rachel Roden. Hello. So we're sitting here about an hour north of Elko, Nevada, at the Wild Horse RV Park and Resort, and it's actually quite beautiful out right now. It was. Mm -hmm. I went through. I stayed home today. You guys have been doing survey. We'll talk about that. But I stayed Mm -hmm. home today, and it went from beautiful to eh to oh my god, this sucks, and now it's back to beautiful again. That's what life in the high desert is like. I mean, it just swings. The yeah, highs yeah. are highs, the lows are lows. That's yeah. the way it is. I know. It was great this morning. And after you guys left, I was editing podcasts and sitting outside. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that the Wi-Fi works better if you actually sit in the laundry room next to the router. So I spent a couple <laughs> hours in there. And then a transformer blew here in the park right in the afternoon. And I, I yeah. came back and started up our generator because my computer is almost dead. That's why I came back. Yeah. And that's when the transformer blew. So I started up the generator on the coach, and I was sitting outside here still, and then the wind just started kicking up, and it just, when the wind kicks mm-hmm. up over here, yeah. I mean, we're basically in a dirt parking lot, mm-hmm. yeah. right? There's nothing fancy about this RV park, yeah. but uh, we're surrounded by mountains. It's beautiful that way, but mm-hmm. we're basically in a parking lot, and then it just started getting super dusty. So anyway, you guys have been doing field work the last three days. How's yeah. that been going? Yeah. 
it's been a thing. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, so if you guys haven't heard the episode of the Sierra Mark podcast where Heather tells oh her story of oh. harrowing near death. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that Rachel, one? Yeah. Rachel and Richie, and I'll start with Rachel. Why don't you guys walk us through your, your driving experience okay. today? Oh. So just know that I am really paranoid and had a lot of anxiety oh. over off-road driving. I know Richie's just like, what? It was fine. <laughs> what are you talking about? But we were on some crazy roads, and the the one that kind of broke me this afternoon <laughs> was this one that followed this ridge, and it was like it went up and then down, and then up and then down, yeah. and then up and then yeah. down. Pretty common for out here. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's how you. That's how these two tracks are, and yeah. we had it went right through our parcel that we needed to survey, and. <laughs> I just, I looked at that road up and I was like, nope. <laughs> but Richie, fortunately, he's an amazing driver, nice. off-road driver. So he took over the driving and then I um, basically just held on to the O'Shea bar <laughs> and felt like I was on a roller coaster and was terrified for the whole ride. Well, there was one, I mean. <laughs> that yes. one. Well, speaking of stories like that, <laughs> you know, what was it? I was thinking about last year because, you know. What was it? I was monitoring near Shaver Lake, and they were pressuring me to get to this tree, even though all the trees were down between me and the tree. So I had mm -hmm. to find an alternate route, and the last route I tried turned out to be an ATV track that the tree crews had cleared. <laughs> and so they had to get my ATV to haul my truck back up that um, that um, ATV oh, trail. Oh, so you tried to go down an ATV trail with a truck. Yeah. With your ah, truck. Yes. With and your then Tacoma. They, and then they <laughs> hauled it up with some super fancy giant, you know, side-by-side -side ATV. Wait, oh. did you, so you got stuck and had to be towed out? Yeah, because um, it was not making it back up that road. It was like muddy. It was oh, like wow. April Richie, or May. Richie, don't tell me these stories. <laughs> I have all, like, faith in you right now, so I don't need to know these things. That's crazy, because I can see <laughs> under your truck as we're sitting right here. It's yeah. a typical Tacoma with high yeah. clearance. and Well, it's well not hit, the, yours is lifted, right? Yeah. Your Tacoma but the clearance is? isn't the problem. The problem yeah. was the slick mud. Um, you didn't have not be enough tires. It's hard with slick mud yeah. to get the right tires for that. Yeah. 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 We would not have attempted these roads <laughs> if it was even slightly wet because yeah. there's no way. But it's totally dry out right now. Yeah. yeah. That's one advantage out here. I've it been was, out here when it was wet before. It's like when, okay, so I don't know if you yeah. guys know about, you're going over a hill <laughs> and you actually can't see, like you get to the top and all you see is sky. Yeah. But the, the truck can see. <laughs> You know? <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah. Now, did you turn? So we're I was losing my mind. Yeah. We're the, using um, a, a rented um, Pathfinder. Uh, pa Nissan Pathfinder, yeah. and it had like seven thousand miles on it. So I'm assuming yeah. it's a 2019 or 2020. Yeah, and Probably. it has um, th a 360 degree camera, which is it amazing. Does. Did you turn yeah. that on while you're going up the hill? Yeah, of course. And, and you know, it help? cresting it. Yeah. Well, I didn't think to do that when yeah. I was driving, but <laughs> Richie did. Richie's a tech guy. He knows. He knows to turn that on. He's yeah. better at that kind of stuff than me. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, really but that cool. was super helpful because you could yeah. see the road and, and follow it. And, and yeah. now the camera shuts off after um, a certain speed, right? Yeah. And something like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really. So, you can't yeah. be like going down the highway at 70 miles an hour? No. It might yeah. it might stay on for like a minute, right? And then it shuts off? Or mm -hmm. no, it doesn't come on at all. Okay. Uh -uh. Yeah. Maybe when you put it in four-wheel lock, it'll stay on. I uh -uh. wonder. No? Mm -mm. All right. Um, according to the manual, no. it's just like speed-based for some oh, reason. Oh, purely speed-based? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you guys... So, so I, I think this is a good conversation. It's almost <laughs> yeah. good for Archaeotech because... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like, there, there, there are people coming out in the next week and a half or so. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to the company owners, and they're talking <laughs> about their vehicle choices and things like that. And I don't, I don't actually know what they're bringing out. I just saw one comment that, yeah. you know, one of them calls their vehicle the beast, and, and she's oh. like, you know, it's good and all, but I don't know if we can handle those roads. And it just makes me think, you know, <laughs> when you're buying stuff, especially... Yeah. 
especially if you can. I understand the margins are always tight, but man, if you can get something modern, it like a like a three sixty degree camera, yeah. and then yeah. another piece of tech you guys have used that Rachel said was the downhill assist, and mm-hmm. I've used that a lot in my Tacoma, yeah. and I've, I've never seen it in a rental I've had until really? this one. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is the first one that's had true four-wheel drive, too, right? That's not too, the first right? rental I've had with true four-wheel drive. Okay. Yeah. We had that, remember that black oh, GMC? Yeah. That didn't have downhill assist. No, but that was mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, that, that was five years yeah, ago. Yeah. Well, no, that was the same year I bought my Tacoma. And my Tacoma oh. had downhill assist. Mm-hmm. Does yours have downhill assist? No, I made sure to get one before all the electronics um, <laughs> came in. Well, mine had mine was a 2015, and it had yeah. downhill assist. Yeah, and I used it. I used it a number of times. We've mm-hmm. used it before out mm-hmm. on just like crazy yeah. roads. Downhill assist is a little hard to get used to because you got to put a lot of trust in the vehicle. Yeah, because you basically just take your foot off the gas and the brake, and you mm-hmm. let the vehicle do the thing. Yeah, you know. Although um, the company I was working with last year, they um, only buy either um, they bought. Let's see, a Tacoma, a couple Forerunners, and a Jeep, and they've all been retrofitted with um, big, big off-road tires and a lift. Mm-hmm. And they send um, all their permanent staff on um, on to off-road off-roading school. Oh, okay. That's probably a good idea because yeah. I felt very uncomfortable multiple times today. Yeah. Well, there's and I don't have the skills, right? So yeah, I mean, when we first got out here to um, to Nevada ten years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, we were. We were working for a big company on a big pipeline survey, and there was, I don't know, anywhere from 20 to 30 people on this project at any one time. So there's crews all over the place. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of vehicles. You never know what you're going to be in. Yeah. And as is typical, I think, in the West, in my experience in the East, too, the crew chief often drives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, the crew chief is usually a crew chief because of various reasons they should be <laughs> professional and academic reasons um but whatever that reason those reasons are that's what that's who the crew chief is and for some reason the crew chief feels the need to drive now thinking about like captaining a ship or something like that like yeah. the captain of a ship does not drive the ship that's no. not their specialty their specialty is captaining Directs a freaking it. ship right yeah so a crew chief's specialty should be running a crew, and if they realize that their specialty is not driving a vehicle, they shouldn't be the one driving the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm bringing this up because that first project we were on, I mean, we were in some vehicles with some people that were driving that I was like, <laughs> I do not trust this person at yeah. all. I do yeah. not trust their ability oh, to get us out of a situation. We've all had that happen yeah. where somebody is driving that you're like, has this person ever been on a dirt road or a two-track right. before? Like, seriously. Yeah. So no, And the only reason, really, honestly, the only reason that, because recognizing ability where it is, the only reason Richie's not been doing the drive in the last three days, and he did <laughs> some today, is because of the insurance. Yeah. This yeah. is a short-term project. Yeah. I didn't have, uh, I would have had to have, I would have had to have put Richie on our, essentially our personal insurance, which I did five years ago when we were on that project. Mm-hmm. But that was like, I needed your info mm-hmm. and we had to call the insurance company. And this project yeah. is three weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm we not f- doing that. We figured we could handle the driving between us. Yeah. Right. We can. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm, I'm still working other stuff. So, uh, yeah. we're doing Thursday through Sunday. 10-hour days, and the plan was I would come out, well, the original plan was I would come out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That might still work out next week, but for yeah. this week, we had a lot of two-person stuff to do, so mm-hmm. efficiency's sake, it didn't make sense for three people to be out there, which has yeah. been a waste of a human. And since I have other work to do, it's not like I'm losing a salary. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing other stuff. So, yeah. I mean, if you brought three field technicians out, you'd have to put three field technicians in the car. You can't tell one of them to stay home. We have the ability yeah. to tell one of us to stay home. Yeah. yeah. So... 
Uh, so that's nice. And and also today I stayed home because you guys still had some more two-person stuff to do. Yeah, yeah we're basically doing like intense recon right now, yeah. essentially, yeah. like taking pictures of the areas and figuring out how we're going to access them and yeah. how much survey really needs to be done and stuff like that. So it's really a, <laughs> yeah. like, really a one-person job, but two, two people for safety. For safety. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or safety. when one person can't drive the vehicle. Or it's, or it's really <laughs> like a job for like someone with a drone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We're bringing one out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And... We we should probably go to some of the areas that you think we might need a drone recon first, only mm. because uh, I've mm-hmm. only got the Mavic Mini right now. I think I'm yeah. going to end up with a Mavic Pro too here. Um, yeah, in the next couple months. Oh, do you? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, the company needs to buy one. Who does um, it? <laughs> now the company's not going to use one until possibly next oh spring. So God. should we wait till the Mavic Three? <laughs> If that's a thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> the only the only thing about the the nice thing about the Mavic Mini, as I've mentioned before, is it it fits in the backpack. It's yeah. super light. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got three batteries. You can run yeah. that thing for ninety minutes. Yeah, like a true ninety minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Um, but the bad thing is, like any wind, and it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any wind, and it's I'm done. I'm not sure <laughs> it will be able to fly much then, because there's no, there's, there's like a tops. there's a, a it, lot of winds. Not in the morning, though. Not in the morning, but it just depends on. That's what I'm saying. Early morning at. is yeah. the best time for yeah. it. As soon as that wind kicks up over yeah. those ridge tops, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the Mavic uh, Pro, while it's probably eight times the weight of the Mini, um, yeah. and it can handle eight times the amount of wind because of that. Yeah. Not eight times the amount of wind. It's not a. It's not a linear scale like that. But still, it's um, <laughs> it, it's a nice thing to have because it, it, because the Mavic Pro. Fits in the same size case as the mini. It's only a little bit bigger. True, mm-hmm. and which is cool. The mini's just smaller and lighter because it's made out of plastic. It was designed yeah. to be a different class of drones to to rip, to fit underneath most federal regulations in most yeah. countries. That's mm-hmm. why it weighs 199 grams, not 200. And when you think about it, it's a really good deal for an entry level drone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I'm thinking too. Like even in a windy condition, I can send that drone up for just like a minute or two. Yeah, take some side overviews and bring it back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to fly it around or do a bunch of stuff, but I can run up, take some quick snapshots. And the nice thing about the Mini and the DJI Go Fly Four, whatever the hell software they call it now, uh. is while the drone is on the the high resolution photos and videos are being stored on the SD card, the micro SD card on the drone. Yeah. But through the app, you can download those full resolution uh, photos while the drone is turned on to your phone. Mm. So you take your site overviews, you just hit the button on the remote and you take your site overviews or you even feature overviews if they're big features. Yeah. You bring the drone down, you quickly save them to your camera roll, bring them into WildNote, which is the software we're using to record. Yeah. And you've got the best site overviews you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. So, because we've got it's some big true, sites, a true site overview. Yeah, we've really. got some big sites to record. Yeah. And how many yeah. people have stood at the edge of a 400 meter long site and said, "Here's my site overview." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? But in reality, you know, only a flat earther would get a good picture on that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, so you know, before we get too far, I didn't want to talk about um, what was it? That guy last night who was making fun of the um. One of the other companies and the amount of money that they were offering their tax. Oh my god! And you know how oh. every how every field tech should be able to earn a hundred thousand a year. Did you blah, see blah. any threads on that today? Um, so, somewhat. So Richie's talking. There's another company working with us out here, and they they posted because <laughs> they lost a person at the last minute yeah. uh, that was supposed to be coming out here. I don't know what the deal is with that, but they posted on Archeo Field Techs on Facebook. <laughs> And there's one guy that's just trolling the post saying, yeah. first off, first, let's address first off, he yeah. said drug testing. He's like, drug testing required? 
He's like, what are you talking about? Archaeology projects are supposed to be fun. And relaxing, I <laughs> and believe. fun and relaxing, yeah. he said. Yeah. Yeah. And does that mean you have to do drugs? You know? I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? No. And also... I hiked up a mountain today, so yeah. I'm not sure where the relaxing part of that comes in. <laughs> it was really hard. You're doing all right right now, Jack and Coke. I mean, <laughs> well, this is Bullet and Coke. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Plus, like, there are plenty. I mean, if you get into an accident in the mine, the first thing they do is send you to be drug tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's just a this it's guy. Safety. This yeah. guy's a California archaeologist. He's um, of course. He, yeah. He's probably never worked on a mine project, and literally no. every mine project, you're going to be drug tested. Yeah. Yep. Or you need to provide. One thing I found out is as uh, we didn't necessarily have to get drug tested. Oh. We had to have proof of a drug test within the last six months if they asked for it. Mm-hmm. Oh. We brought them, so she took them. Mm-hmm. But we just had to have proof that we had had one done. And if we didn't have proof, they'd just test us on the mine. Yeah, they oh. would just send you in for a yeah. random drug yeah, test, they, right? I didn't, I didn't know that until after it was too oh. late. Yeah. And did them. yeah. So that was $250 I'll never get back. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> so... So anyway, this guy, he's he's trolling and he's he's going off on all this drug testing stuff. And then he starts talking about pay because he said, yeah. since pay wasn't mentioned in the post, it must be garbage. Yeah. And he was saying that, he was saying that, uh, uh, and I think somebody came in and said it was $20 an hour or something like that, one of the people. Because the, yeah. the other person that's coming out here, which I think is like another PI with that company, uh-huh. or at least a project manager. Yeah. And then one of the owners is coming out too. But she, <laughs> um, the the project manager she chimed in and was like it's a good company you know the mine's requiring this we're not asking for this the mine is blah 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 you need mshaw too the guy doesn't even have mshaw so mm-hmm. it's not even a, a conversation yeah. mshaw for those listening i keep forgetting this is the archaeology show too yeah mine safety and health administration mm-hmm. uh, it's training that you have to do before you go on a mine yeah. and if you've never done it before it's 24 hours yeah three solid eight hour days yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you literally can't go on a mine unless you have it yeah and yeah. you shouldn't because they are dangerous there's a lot Very. of stuff you gotta yeah. know there's a lot of stuff you learn in mshaw that doesn't apply to us, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that actually does apply to us yeah. too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so the guy's trolling, and and somebody I I had to post last night because people started having a conversation, a sub conversation about pay, and I'll <laughs> tell you what. All these people that talk about how educated they are and yeah. how how they should get more money because they've got a bachelor's degree and a field school and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Do you know how many people go into Facebook and when they put a dollar figure down? <laughs> like he put down a dollar figure. Somebody did. It was like yeah. one hundred and twenty, and then the dollar sign. And I'm like, yeah. you know, the dollar sign goes before the number, right? Yeah. Like you don't you don't write it out the way you say it. Yeah. Like the dollar sign goes I first. I love that. That's the thing you picked out of that conversation. I couldn't to like get into zero it. in on. I couldn't get into of it. All more the, than of all the dumb things that were said. More than one person <laughs> did that. And then somebody, uh, Scott Jones from, he's actually over in Georgia, I think. He commented on that this morning, and he's like. He commented on what I said, yeah, and he's like, "I don't think this douche nozzle knows much about what's going on." <laughs> and then that guy who has a name that is a totally fake, made-up name, uh-huh. uh, it's Bayard. like I, I, it's like Dev Beetlejuice or something, uh, yeah, of course. And so it's not his real name. He says he replied to Scott Jones and said, "I've worked for Mr. Webster in the past, and he's a solid company owner and pays his techs a fair wage." What? I have no idea who this guy is. What? Really? <laughs> Did you look at his profile? I looked at I looked and and I tried to look. We're not friends. Oh. And I tried to look at his pictures oh. and stuff, and I kind of maybe recognize him. Oh my god, I have to look. But I'm pretty sure he's never worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Maybe he worked for me yeah. ish while oh, I was with another company. As he, when you were a crew chief for something. Yeah. yeah. But I, I have no recollection of him at all, and I haven't done too many projects where I've had to hire a crew. Yeah. So that's so funny. Right. But he totally defended me. (laughs) Yeah. Which was crazy. Wow. That's super funny. 
Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that was the uh, that's the excitement going on in Archaeo Field Techs right now. Yeah. yeah. Chris Webster here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. We strive for high quality interviews and content so you can find information on any topic in archaeology from around the world. One way we do that is by recording interviews with our hosts and guests located in many parts of the world all at once. We do that through the use of Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster allows us to record high quality audio with no stress on the guest. Just send them a link to click on and that's it. Zencaster does the rest. They even do automatic transcriptions. Check out the link in the show notes for 30% off your first three months or go to Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com and use the code T-A-S. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Not everyone can start their own company. I know you've talked about this a lot before. Not everyone should start their own. Everyone can start their own company. Not everyone should. And much more importantly, not everyone is going to end up earning $100,000 a year. Some people might end up getting out of the business altogether and like selling things to the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, profit margins aren't that good. These projects are hard. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they take a lot of resources, so many more than you think, and yeah. Yeah. it's and not easy to be a serum company owner, for yeah. sure. No. And it sounds like this person was mostly freelancing doing GIS, and not everyone wants to do that, Yeah, or has an interest in it. Well, freelancing doing GIS is hard, too, Yeah, because companies want that kind of stuff in-house. Plus, yeah. I can say I could make 100000 a year right now. Sure. <laughs> you know, I can say anything I want on Facebook. Yep. I mean, if you took your salary in per diem that you're making on this project and you <laughs> multiplied that out by 52 weeks, I mean, what is that? That's probably yeah. at least probably 70 or 80,000. Mm-hmm. But the problem is those projects are never consistent enough no. to get you yeah. that wage in per diem all, all year long. Right. Yeah. That's the thing with CRM. Like we did some projects that were incredibly lucrative back in the day when yep. she was still doing CRM consistently. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like Okay, sure. Yeah, that was three months. That's not going to last. <laughs> yeah. But you, the the problem with uh, the problem with archaeology is though, man, it's the sweet and the sour, right? Yeah. Because when you're yeah. in the sweet, you end up getting new things. Like on that nice project we had. That's when I got my first iPhone. That's when uh, <laughs> you know we got a new tent and we yeah. got some new gear and we got yeah. new this and yeah. new that. And Richie, I know. I believe you went to grad school actually. <laughs> and I went to grad school <laughs> and just paid that off. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And Richie, I know I can tell Richie when you're doing well because you get new camera equipment, your computer gets better, <laughs> your processing speed gets better on your computer, yeah. you get more lights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at what you want to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah you know. In the long so, run. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my channel isn't that big now. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it's bigger than it was before. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the point is, the point is, you're you're spending the money on your passions, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. You know, I I totally support that because there's no, there's almost no way that anybody is going to retire successfully doing this job unless no. you're taking some of that money and putting it into really successful investments, which is hard. Yeah. And nobody's doing that. So. Yeah. I think I I think personally I think field tech should get into property management ah. because. If mm-hmm. you can get, if you can save just money for your first ten years for a down payment on a house, and then buy that house and yeah. then rent it out, 
that's your first foray into property management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you could just get that one house, you keep working on CRM projects, you keep living in hotel rooms, yeah. you keep living on the road, and you have this house that you're either Airbnb in or you're hopefully you get a long term renter that's mm-hmm. way more lucrative than Airbnb, unless you're mm-hmm. in a place where you can stack your Airbnb every night of the year. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, just do that. That's what I think field tech. That's what I think field tech retirement is going to come in, because yeah. you can get these permanent jobs. Permanent jobs. Nobody's ever had a permanent freaking job unless they no. were a company owner, yeah. or and even company with the government. Well, yeah, but yeah. even then, you, it's true. more likely with the government. But even then, that's like a contract position, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the government goes through a downturn, guess who's out? Yep. You know the that's archaeologist. True. So, it's. Um, <laughs> I really think you got to the path to retirement. You have to make that yourself and. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's a YouTube channel. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we will see. We'll, yeah. we'll report back on that later. I mean, it's inspired me to want to go back to grad school so I can sound like mm-hmm. so I sound like I have more authority. That is one thing. Check in the box, right? Well, it is, but it's one thing that gets you, um, you know, like I, I wrote a book and yeah. and I went to grad school and I feel like I feel like the book wouldn't have meant anything. Honestly, if I hadn't gone to grad school. Really? Uh, yeah. Because it, it can be information, but we still live in a world that sees that uh, uh, that sees that advanced degree as, as some sort of authority. Yeah. We all know the truth yeah. behind that, but they see it as some sort of stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and having that MS printed after your name, yeah. it, just, it just adds that level of authority that regular Joe can't have. You mean I probably don't need to do that when I sign my name at the retail (laughs) at the grocery store? MS? No, I don't do that. Uh MSRPA. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, it's a safe way. (laughs) Meaning, that's, there's not a lot of meaning there, but you go on to do that. (laughs) Nice, nice. So Richie, if you went back to grad school, what would it be for? Well, I was thinking about it. I was telling Rachel the other day, it was to be something that, I was thinking about something I could maybe film. Yeah. Film mm-hmm. me going around doing the research. So you're because I originally had one idea, and it's actually a really good idea. But I'm not sure. It, I definitely couldn't film it. <laughs> My original idea was to um, was to compare different um, different states and how the different recording forms they use, and see mm-hmm. how well it affects um, how well it affects preservation. Because California has some of the worst forms in the country, and a lot of the monitoring I've seen in that state is kind of, um, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but it's true. Like a lot of the monitoring I've seen is like pointless. Mm-hmm. Not only is it pointless, but a lot of the monitors, because of who they assign to these positions, are um, they don't do a good job. No. Mm-hmm. Well, it's typical that people will assign like uh, 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 green people into monitoring. Yeah. Like yeah. all the people we met last year and when we were in yeah. um, when we were in Yuma. Yeah, but we've talked about this on numerous podcasts where, yeah. you know, in monitoring, you have to be not only the person sitting in the truck all day, yeah. but you have to be the person that one time when something <laughs> is found to make the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't know how to make the call and you don't know how to stop a $40,000 a day construction operation, mm-hmm. if you don't know how to do that and you're not comfortable doing that, you have no business monitoring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't just send some rookie out there that's never filled out a site form unless, unless their directive is... Stop all work and call someone else. Yeah. If that's their directive, then great. But if they're if they're being asked to record site forms yeah. and they're and asked they to, they're asked to make a judgment mm-hmm. and, and say whether or not the construction team can continue on. Yeah. You need the experience for that. Yeah. It makes me wonder if that's the reason why you see more jobs in California requiring SOI or um, Secretary of Interior standard um, qualifications right. now. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh. But back to your grad school stuff, I think it's a really cool idea to yeah. find a topic that you can film and do yeah. like a public outreach kind of yeah, angle I, to your research. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I've seen, um, oh, because I've <laughs> seen a bunch of um, a bunch of people on Twitter complain about about their grad degrees, but they, you know, they don't show you why it's so terrible. Like um, mm-hmm. like who was it? Like um, one of the hosts on the um, what, one of Alex? the current hosts. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Alex is just in stress anxiety mode. She's presenting this month. Oh really? Yeah, she's defending. She. I don't think she's defending this month. She's submitting this month <laughs> her PhD, and she has just got a massive amount of anxiety around that. And she's one of the hosts of the Archeonimus podcast. I don't have any problem saying this because she puts it out vocally on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, if she's going to put it out on Twitter, that's public record. True. Um, now, she's also not alone, which is another reason why I have no problem saying this. So many people have such a high amount of anxiety over their PhD dissertation because they spend so much time thinking about it and doing it and writing it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I saw someone... Uh, another former host of the um, APN, who their their podcast split off. She's actually one of the women in archaeology hosts. Oh, I remember. yeah, Chelsea. And uh, yeah, Chelsea. Ah. Now she posted uh, something about she got her PhD, which you know, good job, yep. Chelsea. And um, but she got her PhD, and uh, she posted some excited message on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook, and she posted. Yeah. I passed my PhD defense, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm a doctor now and, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was yeah. very excited. And I see a lot of those, you know, because we have a lot of friends, of course, if you're in the right groups and stuff, that you, you see people going through PhD programs and yeah. and uh, and they do that. And I've literally never seen one post and say, I failed my defense. Yeah. And yeah. I actually posted a question about that. And I was like, has anyone ever failed a PhD defense? <laughs> like, if you get to that point, can you fail? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people will stumble over their words because a PhD defense, for those that don't know, is... Uh, I mean, I've never been through one, and I didn't even have to do a master's one with my program. But basically, a PhD defense is where you're sitting in front of your advisors, and they basically ask you questions about your topic. You know, they know about it, and they're trying to see what you know about it. And and that's basically it. It can be a very nerve-wracking experience, I'm sure, especially if you're not into public speaking, but... You know the point is, if you just learn it and and you see you see what it is for what it is, yeah, it's a it's kind of a step in the process and a check in the block. And even if you don't do well, you're more than likely going to pass. You know, because yeah. that's not that defense is not really what's causing you to pass. It's your paper. True. But that's not what they're really nervous about, right? Isn't it all the like last minute stuff that you have to just finish up and get together and do and the stress of it to get it done. It's not the standing up in front of people and talking part. No, you would think. You would think. Because by the time they submit their final uh, PhD dissertation, like even my my thesis went through a couple rounds of edits through my advisors, right? I was in an accelerated program, but it still came back to me, I think, twice with with rounds of edits. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm used to playing the game. I went through boot camp. Boot camp is a huge mind game, right? And I had some stress in boot camp. And then at some point, it all just washed over me. And boot camp was super easy. Mm -hmm. Same thing with getting a master's or or a PhD. Because the first round of edits came from my primary advisor. And he was like, and it wasn't, it's not like grammatical edits. It's theoretical edits. It's like, oh, you should talk about this and you should do this and you should do this. I'm like, okay. And I did that. And then it went to the other two guys. One guy didn't say anything. And the other guy basically was 
contrary to everything the first guy said. And he said, oh, you should do this. You should do this. And I'm like, okay, you guys, you're just doing stuff because you're archaeologists <laughs> and you already have PhDs. Yeah. So I basically made some of the edits and I knew that they wouldn't read it again. Yeah. And I submitted it and it passed. Yeah. Okay. Because all your PhD is, all your master's is, yeah. is a check in the box. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. I mean, I True. hate to say that, but... And, and some people might go on, especially with a PhD, some people might go on with, uh, you know, publishing their, their their dissertation as a book and continuing that research that might get them into a professorship somewhere yeah. where they continue studying that topic for the next 20 or 30 years. That yeah. is possible. It's not incredibly likely, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not super likely with a master's. A master's really is a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. If you're in CRM, it's a stepping stone to a different job. If you're in, if you're not in CRM, it's a stepping stone to a PhD. True. So... Um, now I'm super curious, though. How much of that could you hear when you're monitoring for people at home who might have heard a little... Oh, heard, um, the, uh, heard the little side-by-side goodbye? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know because I got an ear out. So oh. if you heard that, we're, we're basically in a... Uh, some people call them razors, but everybody out here calls them side-by-sides, even though they might have four people in them. <laughs> but, you know, like the four-wheeler, the, the ATV on steroids, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what we're talking about. It looks about. like a golf cart on a steroids, really. It looks like a golf cart with big, heavy wheels and yeah. four-wheel drive. Yeah. And gas, yeah. not an electric. <laughs> but anyway, it's like a freaking side-by-side showroom out here right now because yeah. it's Labor Day everybody weekend. Everybody has one. Yeah, yeah, it's Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, half the fifth wheels out here are toy haulers, the ones that aren't pulled a trailer. And it's people out here hunting and, and, you know, they got tags and stuff. So, yeah, we saw some hunters out on property today because I guess, and I didn't know this, but apparently you can like just get right on the mine and hunt, which is crazy to me because we have to go through all the safety training before we're allowed (laughs) to step foot on the mine. But the second you want to just go, you know, shoot animals. School. Bye. See you later. (laughs) See, that's the thing I wonder about because the one (laughs) difference between them and them and us is we can drive on haul roads. They're not supposed to. There's a couple crossing points. Yes. They're allowed to cross haul roads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But they're not allowed to technically drive on haul roads. Well, I don't want to drive on the haul roads either. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. If we just avoided the haul roads. Right. Do we need need them? (laughs) Could we just do it? Oh. I'm not sure that that would work. Yeah. There's still the whole liability thing if something happens. Well, (laughs) and a haul road's a little more of a direct route sometimes, too. Yes. Up there, it definitely is. Yeah. You just, I mean, the biggest thing is the the hunters don't have radios, so yeah. they can't they can't radio a, a haul truck to pass. Yeah, and they'll yeah. just pass because they don't have MSHA. Yeah, they yeah. don't realize that that haul truck can't see them. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Although the hunters are probably miners as well, because yeah. literally everyone out here works on a mine. Oh, we should probably explain <laughs> that they're on that this mine is different in that it's um it's on public land, whereas like yes. a, a, like a mine like Round Mountain can basically fence off their whole property because it's yeah. theirs. Yeah. Well, and it it also has to do with the type of land too because. I don't know about Round Mountain, but some of the other big mines, they are also on public land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just that the lease is different. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. The lease is very different here for Jerry Canyon. I don't know how that worked out, but the Forest Service, maybe just maybe the Forest Service does leasing different than the BLM does, but the BLM leases land to a company. They can fence it off. They can keep you out. They can yeah. do whatever the hell mm-hmm. they want. Yeah. It's just because it's BLM land, they have very specific reclamation requirements at the end of that project. <laughs> that might be 40 years from now. Oh. Yeah. But that's why you see their vegetated bacter piles. Remember, yeah. the, you, we've seen yeah. those trapezoid hills. Yeah. You yep. know, they're basically vegetated, re-vegetated. Yeah. yeah. 
spoils piles. Yeah. And, and that's because they're on BLM land. Yeah. yeah. If they weren't on BLM land, if that was truly private land, there's no damn way they would do that. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So I've never worked. Uh, well, I mean, we've been working Jerry Canyon for 10 years, but I've never worked on another mine that was on Forest Service land that I was aware of. Yeah. And maybe that's just different rules. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if anybody. Richie's also recording this, so yeah. let's take a let's take a quick break to mention where you can find that. Richie, that's over at Oh yeah, uh, um, Happy Archaeology Fun Time. That's right yeah. on YouTube and on the website. Yeah, and yep. um, yeah, and I'm on Twitch at the Man in the Hat. Now, can you run recorded video over to Twitch, or is that just live specifically? Actually, I don't know. I yeah. I'd assume not. <laughs> Yeah, so this will probably appear if you want to see the video. Yeah. I mention this because it's quickly getting dark. That's, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Very quickly. And my light is my light is meant to be much closer to you than, than you know that. Yeah, so if you want to see the recording of this, check out Richie's YouTube channel and you can link to that through his website. At least we'll be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, at least we'll be able to hear it. Experience so. the sunset with us. Yeah. I know. I know. The sun, that's one thing I'm going to miss about the high desert because when we're done with this project, we're basically heading east for the next four months or yeah. so. We'll be yeah. back west. Yeah. But we're heading east for about about four months and then yeah. our plan Rachel and I's plan in like January ish maybe I don't know our plans yeah. could change yeah. this is the nice thing about not caring yep. um, right now our tentative plan is to be back in uh, maybe the southwest by January yeah uh. And, uh, and I don't then, know Florida sounding kind of appealing too so for a little while but how much yeah. time can you spend in Florida I mean like the keys I'm, like I'm fine going to Florida right after New Year's for a couple of weeks but uh. then making it to Arizona by the end of the month We'll see. Oh, I was going to yeah. say you can bring all the banana spiders back with you. Oh, <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you, sir. Listen, I've told you my banana spider stories, haven't I? I've got two of them that, I, that consistently come to my mind. Oh, God, those things are awful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. Oh, man, and there's like lots of little spaces for them to hide in here, too, isn't there? Oh, Jesus, Richie. Richie, come on, man. He's looking at our RV right now that we're sitting in front of. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that because I, I'm, I'm in direct contact with the two other company owners that are coming out here because this yeah. project came around so late. Normally, um, I'm the only contractor that this mine has right now for yeah. U.S. for. Because of a long story, it's basically both their Forest Service work and their BLM work because they have both land on this mine yeah. that they're leasing. Um, I'm the contractor for both of those. And usually it's a pretty manageable amount yeah. of work. It's like yeah. a small amount that we can do each year. No big deal. It's like a week tops. Yeah. Right? A yeah. week tops. No big deal. But this huge environmental assessment came up, 7,500 acres, and we've been waiting on the Forest Service to give us a scope of work for two, three months now. Mm-hmm. And for, for reasons that we're not aware of... One of them we are. They had a, I guess, a change in personnel, and that was causing some delays. But yeah. COVID caused some delays early mm-hmm. on, and then a change of personnel on top of that caused more delays. So basically, we couldn't get out here until early September. But we just started three days ago, and it's yeah. now uh, September 5th as we're recording this. So, But <laughs> the thing is, uh, it was 7,500 acres. There's no way I can do that before the snow flies. Right? Yeah. Because you could get snow. We could get snow on this project. It's supposed to be 32 degrees on Tuesday. Yeah. Now, there's no rain in the forecast, but if any precipitation happens to come by when it's that cold, it's going to be snow. And, and more it, importantly, yeah. in this state, you know, you can have snow in August. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You can have snow any month of the year here. Yeah. yeah. Generally, by the end of September, you don't want to be planning field work out here. No. Yeah. And, and part, of the, uh, part of the other reason is we're sitting here at this RV park, and I don't know what our elevation is, but I think it's around 6,000, <laughs> yeah. yeah, give or take. And I'm looking at the mountains to the west of me where the project actually is. So all the project area is probably between six and 8,000 feet. 
Yeah, Given my heavy too. breathing hiking up the <laughs> hill today, that would uh, that would Not seem so true. Sure, that was an altitude yeah. related. Hey uh, now, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> anyway, so point is, uh, I've been talking to the other um, the other company owners, and yeah. uh, um, where was I even going with this? Oh, uh, about weather, or about the short lateness of the season? Driving? Yeah, yeah it's all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those things, all those things are true. I didn't know what they were oh yeah. End. Okay, so I was talking to them, and they're talking about uh, lodging out here. So one of them, one of, one of the company owners is not coming out themselves. Yeah, um, they're sending a crew out, and and the other one, uh, one of the owners is coming out, and yeah. they're bringing a crew out as well. Now we've talked about internet. I think they might still try to stay here because I told them there's pretty decent internet at the bathrooms, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's okay if you've got AT and T and you can tether, but yeah, uh, nothing else really works out here. But the point is, the RV park here is about what twenty minutes from the mine entrance. Yeah, yeah. and Elko is about an hour from the mine entrance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. It makes more sense to stay out here at the RV park, but really it only works if you have an RV. Richie's in a tent with a screen, beautiful screen tent over yeah, there. Which, he's got a good setup. Which, from a genius standpoint, Richie put the corner of his screen tent over the power pole. Yeah. So Super he's smart. got power inside his screen tent, which <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Well, um, um, unfortunately, the wind has kind of worn a small hole in it, but I can repair that hopefully soon. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, do you have any duct tape? You should duct tape that uh, power pole. Oh well, I already put. Um, I already put. Um, I actually put the case that the tent came in over it. Oh, that's genius! Uh, yeah. yeah, good job. Yep. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice. So anyway, my point was, this is Rachel and I. Uh, in in mid June, we took off for six weeks in our RV that we just bought, and then we came back for about three weeks in late August, mid to late <laughs> August, and basically sold, gave away, or threw away ninety percent of our personal belongings, yeah. all of our furniture, and a lot of our personal stuff from cards to personal effects we've just oh. been carting around. We had we've moved a few times in the last couple of years for various reasons in, yeah. within Reno, and we had stuff in boxes that we just <laughs> never unpacked. Yeah, and oh. where are those boxes now? Okay, so we did get a small storage area, <laughs> a very small storage facility for stuff we just didn't have time to handle and that we couldn't oh. we couldn't manage. I've got probably six, seven, eight boxes worth of books in there that I yeah. was like, uh. I don't need these books right now, but I'm also not willing to just give these books away. They're uh. good I want archaeology. Yeah. I want to make sure these Reference goes these books. go to the right people. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to take them to. There's a place in town, Grassroots Books, where Richie used to work. Yeah, that you can actually bring them. They would have probably given me fifty bucks for all those books, <laughs> but I couldn't be sure that those books would go to the people that need them. Yeah, it depends. They're very specific. You know, a lot of the archaeologists in town shop at Grassroots, so there's that. But yeah, maybe. But, it, but can <laughs> yeah. we guarantee Grassroots is even going to put half of those on the shelf? No. No. So yeah. the point is, we have a small storage facility in Reno. I'm hoping that every year we come back, that yeah. storage gets smaller oh. and smaller, because I have more stuff I want to give away. Oh. I want. I have more stuff I want to get rid of. And yeah. But the point is- He oh, wants so wait, to give away my stuff. That's oh. what he's talking about. Well, it's definitely some of your stuff. <laughs> I was thinking it's going to be like the one Christmas where everyone gets a mug. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee mug. <laughs> the coffee mugs have a different destiny. Okay, that's, that's a totally different deal. Yeah. Um, anyway, not. <laughs> my point is, now that we're in this RV, now we're full-time RVers, right? Mm. We're now full-time RVers. This is the first time that that's actually real because we don't own our, we don't have our house anymore. We have our townhouse. We still own it, but we it's now we're empty. It. And yeah. we have a manager that's going to have hopefully renters in there by October 1st. Yeah. yeah. 
So we truly have nowhere to go back to. Before we had kind of a safety net if this didn't work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we don't. Yeah. And I was listening to these other guys talk about this project and they're coming up here. Like one of them, he's trying to get a bunch of yard work done before they leave for a few weeks and before he yeah. comes up here and because they're down in southern Utah. And, you know, the other one, she's, she's talking about some other camping equipment and stuff like that. And I'm looking at these text messages today and I'm standing in my home. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, it's such a weird feeling to be standing in your home and I'm out on a remote field project and we're camping on a project. Richie's in a freaking teepee yeah. and I'm in my home yeah. and this it's home is the same home I'm going to be in for at least the next year, probably a couple of years. Yep. And I'm just like, it's such a weird feeling. Well, my tent was my home for a long time. Well, that's true. Yeah. Long-term <laughs> projects, but you always had an apartment to go back to. That's true. We literally have nothing to go back to yeah. unless we crashed on your couch. <laughs> we have nothing to go back to. Yeah. So that's that's a very strange thing, I think, to wrap your head around. I yeah. haven't even really thought of it like that, though. Yeah. Because I you always it, have a home. I mean, even if you have to go park it in an RV park and True. pay and for it, it's still, a, it's still there. It's still a home. So. <laughs> I think one thing that makes it less strange for the two of us is we've always held the concept of, you know, if we're working on an archaeology project and we're in Battle Mountain, Nevada for three months, that's yeah. home. Yeah. You know, we say, well, I'm going home. Home means my hotel room. Yeah. You know, even if I have an apartment somewhere, even I have wherever, home is wherever you're sleeping tonight. Yeah. And that's a concept that we've always had for the last <laughs> 10 plus years. Yeah. True. And I think that's what makes it easier for us to actually leave a real home and get into this kind of home. Yep. Yeah. So... I don't know. I think more field techs would be happy if they could, I don't know, get over that, get used to that concept. You well, it I mean? also depends because, you know, van life wasn't fashionable like 10 years ago. Well, I you mean, know. it was if you were a hippie, but not for regular <laughs> people. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, even then, it's not as fashionable and Instagram worthy as it is now. Yeah, that's true. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Before we run out of time, I did want to... Because, you know, it's, we're sitting at 45 minutes. I'm not sure how much battery power my camera's got. But I did want to offer... Got real dark. <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah. But I did want to offer a quick assessment of Touch GIS. Yes. Yeah. So it's um, That's the app we've been using on the iPad Mini. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as we're driving around, I've been frantically trying to create a data dictionary in it. It's super easy to create new feature classes, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, the only, the only... I mean, you can add, like, you know, you can, like, I've been adding field IDs, and then you can, each time you make a new one, it just renames it to that, and a few other mm -hmm. things. But the only weakness is that you can't create a drop-down menu. For, like, one of your feature classes? Yeah. So like, like, one of your attributes? Yeah, so you can't yeah. go, like, historic, prehistoric, click uh -huh. one, stuff well, like that. Well, see, that's, that's why you create... I, I see what you're saying. 
but that's why you create extra feature classes because I do have once you guys get into real site recording, I have an entire feature class set that I call Jared Canyon. Yeah, I mean that's what I've been um, that's what I've been creating a data, data dictionary in. So maybe you should check it out before we actually use it. Well, we'll talk about it because I do have like tin can, glass shard, projectile point, flake. Oh, I changed all. Well, I um didn't I didn't get rid of them, but I did rename them, and um I added um required fields and stuff like that. There you go. And 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 the nice thing with uh, TouchGIS is those actually export as separate shape files. I figured. Yeah. That's so, why reason I did it like that. Yeah. That's another cool thing about TouchGIS is it will export as a KML, a KMZ, yeah. a GPX, shapefile, <laughs> Esri compatible. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The other weakness, though, is that you can't... Um you can't um, look at the map and identify features when you're recording a line or something. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were plenty of times we were driving down a road the map access and you can't... Um, you can't click on anything. Yeah, I'd so be like, what parcel is this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> when you're in GPS, like, record mode for a line, yeah. Yeah. you can't do anything else. Nope. Ah, nope. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, Trimble's pretty limited in that, too. Well, it depends. Like, Collector, I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed with Collector. Don't ever of, say that again, Richie. <laughs> I can't help it. Especially when you're making a polygon. Like, you know, you can just, like, it's very cumbersome in Touch GIS to um, to move a line around or to move a yeah. shape around. But it, um, in Collector, you just, like, click, uh, you just grab, like, one of their little um, nodes and just move it around. Yeah, there you go. Kind of just like a graphic design program. Right. Whereas with um, Touch GIS today, I had to correct some lines because it made some crazy, made some... Inc- it was like it was drawing the line incorrectly. So it like said we went down and made us a crazy shape at the end of one of the lines. Mm. So it took a while. Took me a while to figure out how to yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, I had that happen too. It's yeah. like it like remembers the last point you touch the screen, even when you back up, yeah. even when you undo it. It still connects to that point, and then yeah. it creates these crazy lines across the screen. I don't know yeah. why it's doing that. <laughs> it's just a weakness of the program, I suppose. Yeah. Were you guys now? One of the things we're using as well. Uh, so some people might be thinking, "Well, how are you getting you know highly accurate data from this iPad Mini?" Yeah, uh, we have it Bluetooth paired to an EOS Aero 100. Yeah, yeah. And was that paired to the GPS at the time? It depends. Um, when we were doing the lines, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's in the car. Yeah. So well, I feel like that's only really a question for like maybe people in this state or other states where they're kind of not using they're still <laughs> using on the big yellow box yeah 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 i hear you because <laughs> i feel like i mean i don't know what it is with this state but you know companies just want to hold on to that even though every other state i've ever been, worked in still now uses these separate bluetooth mm-hmm. boxes mm. yeah yep well i think we'll maybe wrap this up because yeah. richie's recording is probably going to die soon <laughs> uh my evening, this up with a, evening allergies are rolling in. Yeah, so Rachel's allergies are hitting <laughs> pretty hard. Gotta get inside. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I want to ask you a question, Rachel. What? what um, so you took a break from archaeology for a long time. You would you would help <laughs> yes. me occasionally. Yes. Uh, definitely on shorter term projects. Uh, but this is your first like. Well, no. In March, you did a pretty legit survey. Yeah. And Ridgecrest. So using that experience and this one, how does your experience now differ from? eight, nine, ten years ago when you were still pretty green? (laughs) That's a really good question because I think the difference now is just the way that technology is so much better, Mm. both in the driving of the vehicles, because I will never forget that awful, like, today it would be 20 years old, but like (laughs) 1999, 98 Ford F-150 that I was driving around for this one project, and like 
I could barely even <laughs> shift it into gear. It was oh. ridiculous that they expected me to drive this awful, awful truck around. Uh-huh. Oh so, my yeah, it was bad. Well, and I it remember was, the I remember the truck that you left in four wheel drive going down the interstate for an hour <laughs> back to the hotel too. I'm not sure how that one ran afterwards. <laughs> Don't worry about and that I, one. And I've heard of one company that was using an F one fifty where the only thing that was holding the um that was holding the rear axle in place was the um was a fire extinguisher mount. <laughs> That's how rusted out it was. You know what? It could have been this truck a couple years after I drove it because it should have been retired when I was driving it. And yeah. it was it was li- it was literally the last truck that left the building when there was nothing else for people to take and anyway yeah. it was just it was so horrible driving that thing around and then what uh, about the fact that you don't have a clipboard in your backpack yeah oh, yeah too. so i love recording on my phone i love it yeah the app is really great most of the time the only thing that annoys me is when i um in these small fields when i need to write longer than this the space in the field like copying and pasting into it mm-hmm. and stuff is kind yeah. of annoying but that's just i don't really <laughs> know how to fix that that's kind of a limitation of probably apple so or something. it's not you're talking about wild note yeah and in a text area box this is kind of a <laughs> i don't know if it's a thing the developers can fix or if it really is a system thing uh-huh. but yeah. one of the tricks and if anybody's using wild note and maybe any other program that has a text area field but when you first click into the box and you're typing in it you only see like one and a half or two lines or something, and it will just scroll, you yeah, know, as you're just, typing. Yeah, it just scrolls yeah, over. Yeah, so you can't see the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. But if you save, go out, and come back in, it makes the box, a paragraph? The box, is, the box is now the size of your text. No. Yeah, yeah. and it will actually grow with your text. Shut but it, but up. But you need to have text in it first. It's a weird thing. Oh, I'm so annoyed that I'm just finding that out now. <laughs> it's not intuitive because most of the time you're going to fill out a form and never come back to it again. Yeah. You yeah. know, you only find that out accidentally if you go out of a form and come back well, into yeah, it later. Well, yeah, because I'm taking a lot of pictures and I'm putting descriptions yeah. in for where I, where these pictures are taken from, and then I never go back to that again. Right. So, right. yeah. And well, again, that's good to know. I've mentioned that to the to the uh, developers before, and yeah. I don't know if there's a solid fix for that or if that's just an idiosyncrasy with that type of programming yeah. or the um, or the operating system. I'm not really sure. But really, it's a minor um, inconvenience for yeah. a program that is great. I don't have <laughs> the only papers I have to look at or deal with are my maps. And that's yeah. only because and we didn't get PDF copies of those. <laughs> well, not even that. It's because I have roads highlighted on them that are um, contact at the mine, like highlighted where to go to get to these different areas. Yeah, this was so, these were delivered to us by the mine. Yeah, yeah. so like it's yeah. it's like actual like somebody highlighted. That's the only way we've been able to figure out where we're going. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I don't need any paper. I don't have pages flying around while we're driving, and yeah, it's been great. Nice. Well, there you go. That's definitely yeah. new from ten years ago. Yeah. 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 All right. How about you, Richie? Any final thoughts? Um. Well, other than the fact that I, it's interesting bouncing back and forth between a company that does things. <laughs> well, like I like to call it the artisanal way, <laughs> and then you know the more modern way. I mean, and that's not like a, hopefully they don't see that as like a dig because some you know some of the some of the things they do is you know it's like their um, recording is very thorough and um, it's yeah. very impressive the quality control they go through. Which is what makes it artisanal. That's right. Because I don't think I've ever met another company that does QAQC on like you know individual site site rec- records. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, we worked for one that went through pretty hard quality control on site records. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Read read my book. I think I talk about getting fired from that company. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took, took and a still lot got of, published. Took a lot <laughs> of after hours work to keep on keep up on the requirements that they had in place. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> to, be, to be fair, though, uh, and I don't know if I'd rather would have had overtime at the time or they did comp time for your yeah. extra hours. They did yeah. let you record all that. When I did get fired, I had a check for like seven thousand dollars waiting for me. That's what I was just telling Richie that when we left there, we had these big fat extra checks that we weren't expecting. Yeah, yeah. Because when I quit, when I got fired, you quit. Yeah, obviously. And then we each had massive checks. (laughs) Yeah, because they they're required to pay you out your remaining vacation if you had any. Um, Yeah, I think we were having vacation at that time. Yeah, we were. We were. And 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 your comp time, and I think maybe sick time, or does that pay out? I don't remember. I don't remember. But we got big old checks. checks. Yeah, yeah, including your salary. The house salary has to be paid to the day you were you, yeah. you quit. Yeah. So. Um, yep. And Nevada yeah. requires that you pay within, uh, like twenty four hours of quitting too. I think. Yeah. Or oh, forty eight hours or yeah. something like that. So. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Richie, don't quit. I don't want to pay you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He gets to ride around in the truck all day, I except know. when I freak out and make him drive. <laughs> nice. I mean, it practically drives itself. I know, right? Oh, yeah. my God. So, you guys are so blasé about hey, I, these yeah. mountains. I had that thing when we first rented it. We, we ended up having to delay our start by a day because of the mine and the training issues. So we had the car an extra day, and I, because of my business calls, I had to go into Elko. I came back, and the road is 70 miles an hour on the way back, and I had this guy behind me. I was doing 75, uh, admittedly, <laughs> five over. And the cruise control, I felt like I was not even moving at all. Yeah. And, it's and this guy came up behind me, and I just was like, dude, get off my ass or pass me already. And he wasn't <laughs> passing me, so I just kept up nudging up the cruise control to get him off me. Before I knew it, I was doing like 90 on cruise control <laughs> by the time I hit the RV park here. And I was like, I couldn't even believe I was doing 90. Yeah. So Don't tell me these things. It was super it was so smooth, it. though. Like, <laughs> my Tacoma was pretty smooth, but it was still oh, a truck. Oh, please. The Tacoma is not smooth. <laughs> it was well, smooth. It makes me wonder smooth. if he had radar cruise control set. I, I did, but that only works oh, for cars he, in front of you. No, no. but he could have. Oh, he may it was have. Just, yeah. No, but it won't, it won't inch up past what you've set it at. No. So. Yeah, but maybe he had it set at like 100 or something. <laughs> well, he may have. Yeah. And then that he was just possible. like pacing me until I outpaced him. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. He was in a F-150 that looked a little older, so I don't know if he had that or not. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, this has been the Archaeology Show, if you're listening to the podcast, and it's been... Let's see. Um... Episode 99, I think. Don't quote me on that. Of, um, you call this archaeology podcast. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, so if you want to, if you're listening to the audio and you want to see the video, look for the link for you call this archaeology in the show notes. Yeah. And if you won't be listening- able to see the second half of it, but don't worry. It's fine. Well, if- actually, I don't know. I really? We'll see. You think it'll Maybe. work? Maybe. I mean, and, if, and if you're on the video and you want the audio with this, then uh, yeah. check out arcpodnet.com forward slash archaeology and uh, just search for it because I have no idea what episode this is. So Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys. And yeah. tomorrow morning is our last day of field work on our four-day. Yeah. And we yeah. got three days off. And I think you're you're headed back to Reno, aren't you, Richie? Yeah, do some editing. Nice. <laughs> Amazingly. Because nice. you yep. didn't bring your big fancy computer out here. Well, I mean, I'm not yeah. going to bring a big, that big giant box out no, here no, no, and no, two no. monitors. There you go. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we probably will do a couple more things like this. Um, so you'll probably hear a couple more episodes Yay. similar yeah. to this coming up in the next few weeks while we're out here. And we might even try a live stream at some point. We Hopefully. might if Maybe. we can get a good service. I don't know. It's because yeah. well, uh, my phone has got the live streaming app that I can use, and it even has my little lower thirds thing. If we do it in the evening and we go over by the bathrooms where the DSL router is, then yeah. maybe. Because I know you can so. hook up your GoPro to yeah. your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I guess I'm roped into this too. So <laughs> I know. Let's You're do a it. Now. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everybody, and we'll yeah. see you next week.
Thanks for listening to The Archaeology Show. Feel free to comment and view the show notes on the website at www.archpodnet.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArcPodNet. You can also find us on the Lyceum app, a podcast app just for educational podcasts. Music for this show is called I Wish You Would Look from the band Sea Hero. Again, thanks for listening and have an awesome day. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 